context of our covenant service. Uh, for those who don't know much about the covenant service, and some of you do and some of you won't, it uh, began with the early Methodists in the 18th century where disciples in the Methodist societies were urged to renew their covenant with God at the start of a new year. And John and Charles Wesley, the founders of Methodism, borrowed some of the ideas that go into this service from 17th century English Puritans on the one hand and 17th century German pietists on the other. But most people, because it's gone through various revisions and holding down the tens and now 270 years, most people regard this as a, a uniquely and distinctively Methodist kind of service. Even though you can find now the covenant prayer and bits of the covenant service being used all around the world and by very many different Christian traditions. Some people refer to it as a jewel in the Wesleyan crown. In essence, what the covenant service proclaims is that God is ready and remains ready to have us as those who desire to be disciples of Jesus. Such is God's love and grace towards us. And, and it's a vital and to appreciate, God's acceptance of us isn't dependent upon our worth or our deserving or even how many hours we clocked up last year in terms of doing good deeds or attending church. It's simply on the basis of our continued openness and readiness to allow God to lead and rule our lives. Our scripture verse for 2017, which was chosen by the team, is from Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I hope you got one. Somebody wave, wave it to me. That, that's it. Now, I know some of you already have them. That's fine. Give them to somebody you, you, uh, you think needs a word of scripture given to them. And if you've got, if you need a few more, we have loads of them. We're, and if we, if we run out halfway through the year, we'll print some more. So please feel free to uh, grab two or three and uh, you might have some of you people who you say, I just need to give an Ethel this next time I see you. Uh, so our, our, um, our passage for this particular year is from Philippians. I am confident of this, writes the Apostle that the one who began a good work in you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. In the context of Philippians, and we're not going to look at Philippians this morning, it's clear that the good work that God has begun, that the apostle is referring to in this particular verse, is that they have heard and received the word of salvation. And they've encountered it in the risen and living Jesus Christ, the Logos word, the living word from God. And they're in the process, if you read the book of Philippians, of being transformed by the receiving of that word. It's one of those wonderful things that from the first days of the Christian church right down to today, that one of the wonderful things that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit does is to transform people. 
I always remember the testimony of a young woman when I was at Cliff College. It was the shortest testimony I've ever heard, but it stuck in my mind. She stood up, she said, God has turned my life upside down, so now I'm the right way up. Many of us here, I know, could testify personally in a whole host of different ways. How God in Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has been transforming our lives for good. And some of the things are normally powerful. The strength to live faithfully through a time of testing. The resources to do what's right when it's just so easy to do what's not right. The ability to keep your temper when you used to lose it so readily. The power to love and care for those that you really do find it hard to love and want to care for. The encouragement of answered prayer and unexpected blessing, an unsolicited word of encouragement from someone, the courage to say the right word in season in a difficult situation, and so on and so on. The scripture verse says that God has begun a good work, but, and that's the wonderful thing about this motto, God will also bring it to completion. Methodists have often emphasized this bringing to completion as the process of holiness, a kind of motif of the Methodist movement worldwide. Uh, many people know that they quote that the origins of Methodism lie in a, a kind of instruction by John Wesley, that when he was asked what the purpose of the Methodist Church when it was just in Great Britain was, he said, the purpose of the people called Methodists is to spread scriptural holiness throughout the land. This idea of holiness, or as Wesley often referred to it, almost interchangeably, Christian perfection or perfect love, which we'll pick up as a theme in the hymn after this sermon. That is a very Methodist way of looking at this bringing to completion. In other words, what God starts, God will finish if, and it's a very important if, we will continue to let God do the necessary work in us to bring that purpose about. Silly joke, I told it to the staff Christmas party, so Tony's already groaned twice. There was, a, there was a man who found himself with terrible money problems and he was so desperate that for the first time in his life he got down on his knees to pray. Oh God, he said, I, I desperately need your help. I've got no money to spend on Christmas. It's coming up. Could you please, please arrange that I can win the lottery? And so he stood avidly watching the TV as the lottery was drawn and he wins nothing. So he prays even harder. He says, Lord, my business has gone bust. If I don't get some money soon, they'll take my car back. Please, please let me win the lottery. And so the lottery night comes around and he stood there anxiously and he wins not a jot. Then he prays to God a third time. He says, please, Lord, I've now lost my car. They're trying to take my house. Please, please let me win the lottery. 
Come lottery night, he again fails to win anything. Undeterred, you've got to give him credit for his dogginess. Undeterred, he prays to God again. He says, Lord, I'm now a bankrupt. My house has been repossessed. We're now going to live on the street. All I need to get my life back together again is to win the lottery. And there's suddenly a, a blinding flash of light. And the heavens open. And the voice of God comes down and says to him, Son, for goodness sake, buy a ticket. <laughs> because holiness in the Methodist tradition is both gift and graft. What God gives and what we are required to do. It's gift because it's essentially given. It's given to us freely by God because God is merciful and in Christ saves us and in the Holy Spirit continues to work in our lives in God's transforming way. And holiness is graft because it's got to be worked for and worked at. Because in the end of the day, it is possible to consistently resist God and thereby grieve the Holy Spirit. To constantly say no to the things that God wants you to say yes about. And as we approach our covenant today, with that rich liturgy which itself will speak to us as this morning we share bread and wine and receive an opportunity to be anointed. I want to draw your attention in this sermon this morning to some ways whereby we can help God to help us to greater holiness, to aid the completion that God desires for each one of us. There are four, and they're very short, but not unimportant. The first is this, to be diligent in prayer for the right things and remember the nature of God to whom you're praying. John and Charles Wesley said that Christian perfection, holiness, completion, was both obligatory and attainable. Now just bear with me, I know this is long words, but you're up to it. It was obligatory, they said, because when you read the scriptures, it's crystal clear that God wants us to be transformed into the likeness of his son. And therefore, they said, people who claim to love and follow Christ will want what God wants. And it's attainable and this was a very clear stress emphasis of theirs. And it's attainable because God is not the kind of God who commands one thing and then leaves you with no resources or possibility that you can ever obey. God says, I want you to be holy and here are the ways in which you can move towards holiness. It's attainable it's obligatory. And so they came to teach something very important about God, that God both commands holiness and offers the possibilities of its completion. That, in essence, is the doctrine of Christian perfection that John Wesley spent his life focusing upon, wrestling with, trying to redefine. So when we pray, Lord, make me more like you want me to be, 
Lord, make me more like Jesus. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, give me victory over my sins and my weaknesses. We're not praying to a God who sits there impassive and unmoved and says, you must be joking, get on with it yourself. We're talking to a God who rejoices to receive a prayer like that and says, ah, right. Now the way forward is this. So as we come to a covenant, we might ask God for and resolve to have a better life of prayer this year. Not just more prayer, better prayer. The second thing to remember as we renew our covenant with God this morning is that we best enable God to nurture us when we commit ourselves to the places and the people, to the communities and the causes that help us grow into the people God wants us to be. To come to completion, not be half-baked disciples of Jesus. And the Christian church is one of those places. We should have no illusions about belonging to the Christian community called the church. It's far from perfect, and you all knew that. I'll tell you why it's far from perfect, because we belong to it for one thing, and we're far from perfect. Who was it who said, when you find the perfect church, don't join it, you'll ruin it? Church can drive us crazy. It's often a hard, challenging and messy place to try and be a Christian disciple. I remember an eminent, eminent Christian speaker once saying, if you've been in a church for more than six months and no one has driven you mad, then you're probably clinically dead. So why is it if church is often so frustrating? that it remains one of those places, one of those communities to which we should commit ourselves when we want to pursue greater holiness. Because for all its flaws, for all its failures, it remains the place where followers of Jesus Christ together worship God, learn of Christ, experience the Holy Spirit, and seek to serve in God's name. Steve Wilde, friend of this place, and my friend over many years, and now the ex-president of the Methodist Conference, tells how as a young man he applied to go to the aforementioned Cliff College, our Bible Christian College, for a year. When they asked him what qualifications he had, he apparently replied, 50 meters breaststroke and the cycling proficiency test. But look what God has done through that once young man. Yes, through grace and love. But also through being immersed among God's people and God's purposes. It could even be said that the Christian community is the grit that produces the pearl of the mature holy Christian. Now, to be sure, you don't become a better Christian by staying in church any more than you turn into a car because you live in a garage. But you do put yourself in a place of potent divine possibility. 
So, commit yourself afresh to this community of learners of God and followers of Christ. Not simply as a sampler or a dipper in or a perpetual taker, but as one who says, particularly this year, I want to be more like God wants me to be. And therefore, I immerse myself in this community of faith, into the life of this people, warts and all, their warts and my warts, for God's transformation. The third thing is this, Christian communities don't have a monopoly on being the places where God uses to lead us to a greater holiness, to completion. Church is a gathering place and then a dispersing place. You come in order to go. To go more filled and better resourced to be a disciple in every other area of life. And it's very often said, you know, why on earth should a couple of hours a week of 170 odd hours be the major part of your life? But it's what happens here that resources the rest of the hours. Going from church properly is as important as, as coming to church properly. That's why most disciples of Jesus find him and follow him and experience him in the many, many hours that make up our lives, quite apart from when we're here on a Sunday or in midweek in worship. At home, at work, with friends, with loved ones. So, what are the communities and causes to which God is leading us at this time? And will we go to them and be part of them? And equally, what are the environments and groups that you're a part of? And now, and you know it deep inside, if you desire to be more as God wants you to be, then you must end and must come apart from those communities. Because it's hard to be holy when you spend too much time in the wrong place doing the wrong things. And finally, as you come to renew your covenant with God today, ask God to make you more ready and open to commit to those things that enable greater holiness of life. R.T. Kendall told of a couple who were sent as missionaries and they were given a missionary house to live in. And they noticed soon after they moved in that a dove had come to live in the eaves of the house. And they were absolutely thrilled. They took the evidence of this dove living in their house as a sign of God's blessing upon this call to mission. But they also noticed that every time they slammed the door too loud or they raised their voices in an argument, the dove flew away, often returning for not quite considerable lengths of time. And then one day they sat round and they said, we want the dove to remain with us and we're really concerned that one day it will fly away and never come back. And the wife said this, it seems to me that either the dove adjusts to us or we adjust to the dove. Today is a day to realise anew that the way forward is to adjust to the dove, not the other way around. That it can be done, that it's worth doing, 
and God rejoices in every step we take towards the completion he wills for every one of us and makes it possible by his grace and power. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ.